the strangest thing because you're either wildly underreacting or wildly over. There's there's no sort of middle ground. You're you've either like being a complete idiot or not or being you know. And I think everybody's you know from what I've seen everybody's underreacting, myself included. So. Comrades and friends, uh, we're here in Highlands Bunker, the Shadow Rockford Tower. We're monitoring the uh, ruling elites over here because we're behind enemy lines. Carl and I own the means of production. And we're operating today in a totally sterile environment once again. Uh, you know, we're keeping everything by protocol. Nurse Susan is inspecting uh, every day because she knows what to do. Unfortunately, she has to go out into the world and provide health care to you people. Um, but I am here with Carl. And on the phone is Jason Scott, proprietor of DelawareLiberal.net. Hello. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Rob. And thanks for this podcast, man. It's awesome. I appreciate that. Um, like, yeah, it kind of turned into something like I wanted it to, and I'm glad that it's uh, moving along. I'm glad we're able to, like, have people in here and have conversations people want to listen to because I don't think anybody else was having them quite like this, and it's, you know. It just gives people a different perspective. That's really what I'm trying to do. Absolutely. Um, well, I wanted to kind of break this down into um, into two parts. Um, later on, I want to talk about the fact that um, as people who are followers of the Delaware Liberal blog know, um, I've been sent off again. I've been I'm canceled again for bad. I've, I was doing bad posts. I was doing bad posts out of my doo doo ass. And uh, yeah, so I'm 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 out. I'm done. Um, there was also uh, an incident today on the internet where Carl had to had to speak with me um, about my branding. And so I, I think later on we should probably have like an internet intervention, and you guys can sort of tell me, you know, think as we talk about politics and stuff. You guys can think about like the ways that my bad post made you feel, and how they made everyone feel, and and like I'm and maybe. If maybe I will go get help today. All right. Well, uh, if I can be of any any service in your uh, in your twelve step program, you know, let me know. I'm, I'm yes, totally down for because that. because right now I feel like I can quit whenever I want to, and you guys aren't saying anything, so <laughs> I don't want to hear any of it. Uh, but anyway, so um, before we dive into that, um, let's talk about like what's with like the serious shit that's going on um, with the coronavirus crisis. Um, everybody, you know, basically in some sort of physical distancing, isolation, self-quarantine, um, you know, basically everything's shut down except for essential stuff. Um, and just to give people like a date stamp on this, um, if this doesn't go out for a week or so, um, it is the, what's it, the 24th Tuesday. Um, so just the story over the last couple of days is that capitalism strikes back, as we always as we always say. And so uh, but they're striking back not against an idea, but against like a, a virus in the world. So they're finding it very difficult to like bump up against it. So the news story, the news story is, um, you know, yes, it's very dangerous and a lot of people will die, but the economy. 
So if we can make the Dow Jones number go zoom instead of boo, uh, you know, the, the imaginary line that we draw, then, you know, some people might have to die at the altar of that. So that's actually what we're dealing with um, now among, you know, just trying to take care of our neighbors and take care of um, folks who are, you know, exposed or otherwise um, open to this or older people. Um, so yeah, what's your, what's your take on the current state of affairs? And, uh, then we'll talk about the politics of it. Well, the, you know, the implicit, um, assumption in, you know, the Republican thinking now is that it's not going to affect them, you know, that it's, uh, New York City, things are breaking, um, loose in New York City right now, 25,000, uh, in, you know, intensive care. And they're going to, in, in Republicans tend to think, oh, that's, you know, that's the coast, that's New York or whatever. It reminds me really of these stories, in a parallel track, these um, stories about people lining up for guns. Like, what are, I know you're a guns rights guy, but what are these people buying no, guns? guns <laughs> <laughs> what are guys, what, what are they thinking? Um, what good is their gun going to be if their lungs are filled with fluid and they're, and they're gasping for breath? And similarly, the uh, the Trump administration is like, like you said, if the Dow Jones number, you know, ticks up, then, you know, everything's good. But what there's still going to be like two million, you know, projected, you know, two million people uh, dead. And if, if that's going to hurt the economy. So it, there's just kind of a weird um, disconnect with reality. And I don't think there's ever been really a connection with reality with Trump. There's always been that kind of disconnect. But uh, people have gone along with like uh Oh, you know, we know he's crazy, but you know how much damage could he really do? And now we're going to unfortunately be seeing it because he's taken advice of Sean Hannity and Larry Kudlow, you know, these Fox News dunces, over the advice of you know the CDC and the people who are professionals who who work in this kind of thing. So I'm just as I'm just as um, shocked and uh, well, I guess it's not shocking because you know. We know what we're getting with Trump, but I'm just as um, annoyed with our politics as usual, but only on a on a more grave, you know, a grave scale. It's just more deadly all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, I I think I agree with you. I I, I think we were all prepared. Everybody sort of when Trump was elected, and you have this federal government. I mean, it's it's not simply inept; it's clownishly inept. And so you, and also, you know, behind the scenes, you knew the stuff at the border was going to get worse. You knew giveaways to corporations were going to get worse. Um, now you have ICE, you know, marauding around the country, pulling people out of their homes or pretending to be doctors and all this. So you knew it was going to get bad. But now when you have a real, real crisis, like a once in a hundred year crisis, um, you know. And the Democrats uh, who, who um, enable the kind of thing, like Chris Coons' classic case, don't see don't connect their enabling with, you know, with what's now happening. In other words, they think they operate in some kind of like uh, higher plane of existence that they can be sort of like um, collegial and collaborating, but that doesn't really affect things, you know, day to day on the ground. But I think we're going to see, and we're seeing it really does affect things in a very dramatic way. So every, all the bad things that I thought about Chris Coons, all these, all these months and years, uh, I think in, you know, a hundred times more uh, nowadays. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope 
Um, that's one thing I've been talking about. It's like people sort of reflecting on what's happening and seeing that, like, yeah, when when it really came down to it, like life and death, the the market the markets don't come together. Like those people are not. We cannot depend on that. Like it doesn't figure out how to solve problems of who needs more, how many more ventilators we need to produce in the next two weeks. Like it doesn't solve that problem because it only solves problems to figure out who will pay for what. But what do you want a state by state or country by country bidding war on ventilators right now? No, of course you don't. And so that's why that whole the whole mechanism just doesn't doesn't work. And so I hope people take that time to kind of reflect upon, yeah, actually that's not the best way to do it. Um, and actually it's going to get us all killed. But like you said, I don't know if that I don't know if that reflection is happening. Yeah. Well, the markets only know you know what's in the short term best interest, and that's why uh, when Trump was elected. Uh, you didn't see, you know, uh, crash like you should have expected if it was if there was some rationality behind it. It's just their short, you know, in their in their short term interest to sort of, um, you know, uh, play along until it, until it wasn't. And similarly, I think, you know, politicians, whether Democrats or Republican, or whether they're you know local city count, you know, county council or um, uh, national, I think. It's hard to find um, politicians who can't see past their own short-term best interest, too. And I know there's you know, some perfectly nice politicians who I like, who are Democrats, who uh, have, you know, basically the right sort of outlook. But it is a real problem that um, uh, that Delaware liberal, you know, to bring it to that, was um, really trying to address in some ways by sort of pointing out, you know, this Democratic Party uh, isn't, Everything is cracked up to be that, you know, that's been a late motif. Yeah, of course. I mean, and, and especially here, because you see from a corporate perspective, from a democratic corporate perspective, you really see the worst of the worst here. Like this is, I mean, we, it's almost like, um, you know, it was a lot of that was invented here. Uh, so, yeah, I mean. Coons and historically, I mean, if you could tell me the difference between Mike Castle, Chris Coons, Bill Roth, uh, any any Dupont, um, John Carney, and I mean, it's all this. It's all the same. Yeah, I could, I could tell you a story about when I was um, start just starting the blog, and I, I, I was kind of at a crossroads uh, about starting the blog or running for office, and so I was talking to people in the Democratic Party. Uh, about running for the uh, ninth RD. I live down in Middletown, and um, this is um, the George Bush election. George Bush beat Al Gore, and I was just like appalled by the how the Democratic Party was, you know, approaching, you know, the the George Bush election. I I felt like a lot of people were sort of um, radicalized and started thinking, you know, how do I get in? You know, how do I do something? You know, so my options were. Uh, you know, my initial thought was I'm sure should run for office and you know stop stop just complaining about things. I was trolling a lot of like websites and stuff. I was before Delaware Liberal, but uh, so I went to um, a fundraiser for Bethany Hall Long as part of this sort of like getting to know people and and finding out what it was about and that kind of thing. And it was at a place called uh, Thomas England House down in Smyrna, which was at the time I guess like the one fine dining place, you know, in quotes, in Smyrna. And uh, you go there and, you know, there's a handful of people milling around, you know, having a drink and, and stuff. 
And uh, this is literally true. Uh, it literally happened. A guy walks in. As I was thinking, like, how, how does the economics of this work? I don't, I don't see how this fundraiser is really even going to break even, let alone, you know, generate money. And the guy walks in and says, uh, you know, where's, do you know where the candidate is? And uh, Bethany was, I guess, running for, like, state rep or something. And I don't mean to, you know, trash her. She's just sort of like the, the person who happened to be in the room when I, when this thing went down. But uh, he, uh, I see, I look down and I see in his hand he has this big pile of checks. And it was like a bundling thing, like for, you know, the real estate association or something. I don't know. I don't know if it was Real Estate Association, but it was something like that. And I go, and it kind of light bulb goes off in my head, and I was like, "Oh, I get it. This is this is it. We're like state. We're like props. Like this is like we're set dressing, you know, so that this couldn't look like a fundraiser. But really, the real thing is, this guy comes in with a big pile, literal pile of checks in his hand, which I guess at the time I don't know they could always all be like for three hundred dollars or something." Or whatever the limit was, two hundred and ninety-nine dollars, uh, and and hands him over to the person who he said, "Where's the candidate?" He didn't even say like, "Where you know, where's you know Bethany Hall alone?" It was that was just the way it was going. That didn't. That wasn't a thing that made me not run for uh, for office. It was just my temperament, and I couldn't really do it. But. Um, the the idea that you know you're uh, that politics is something um, that you aspire to to help and fix things at the time wasn't something I could see uh, doing. So anyway, I started the blog instead because the Howard Dean com- campaign came up and that kind of thing. But that was a a big sort of sorry sidetrack. I I kind of went on a long. Um, no, I think you. I think you. You, you that story is a. a, a a beautiful example of stuff that we talk about in here all the time that uh number one it's it's really all fake it's just a mechanism to keep the thing to keep the thing going so we picked this candidate we're going to have the thing and then the the special interest group whatever it is is going to bring the thing here like it's that part of it and also the idea that that you're just your job isn't representative your job is to fill that seat for the and just run sort of run the organization. Like everybody's together. Like like John Carney doesn't represent the state. He's the executive of you know a bunch of interest groups that include you know the Chamber of Commerce. You know the the groups that want the the, the line to go up instead of down. You know whatever that means. Like, he's just trying, he's managing the state as a, you know, as a CEO would manage a small business. And the fact is that when you try to, when that runs up against, like, actual society and the coronavirus and many other things, you're like, wow, this isn't working. Um, but I think that that's, an, that's uh, illustrative of, of just that. It's just like, oh, this is just a big, this is just a big machine. Like, no one wants to come out and listen and find out like what people really want to do like and it's i think just, the it's problem just, is uh, what you're you know um what you may be what we're finding is that it's just like there's a lot of democrats that are like uh their hearts in the right place kind of democrats but they don't really pay much attention to uh, politics and um so if the candidate uh kind of says the things that are sort of 
vaguely reminiscent of something they remember being sort of democratic, um, that's that suffices. And there's only a, like a small sliver that um, wants to pay attention to um, what kind of votes the person uh, was making or what kind of statements or who were they meeting with and getting money from, that kind of thing. And um, so uh, part of Delaware Liberal was in early on was to try to sort of like Maybe expand that expand that little sliver a little out a little bit um, by you know at first you know really going after Mike Castle. I mean, I have really kind of a narrow attention span. I can only like really um, have one you know big grudge against a politician at a time, and for a long time it was Mike Castle because a lot of people were like taking on George Bush, and that seemed to be well covered. So I was like, what can we do in Delaware? And I'm glad that Delaware Liberal eventually did bring down Michael Castle, even though um, there were some machinations behind Yeah, and what did you bring us by bringing down <laughs> yeah, Mike Castle? Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think I, I um, you know, being, a, uh, being an older gentleman like yourself, a uh, seasoned veteran, um, you, you know, know, I remember, remember um, stumbling on the the blog because I knew uh, Kanyo, mm -hmm. and and yeah, yeah I mean, at that time, liberal was like that was uh, like resistance. Yeah, that was like to to say that that's what you that's what you were mm -hmm. was like. And now, after all of this time, it's it's shifted. You know, whatever, whatever it's been, fifteen years or so. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's it shifted where that's almost like you've, you you can rebrand. Yeah. But 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 I do remember when it you know at the the early ish days where that was a statement you know saying that you were you were a liberal. You know, that was like the sort of you said the Howard Dean sort of sort of yeah. moment. And again, Howard Dean hasn't uh, grown at all. He's still a liberal, and now it stinks. <laughs> it's well, funny how that works. If then in the polling, you know, most people now who are Democrats refer themselves as liberals, and I think that at the time when the Howard Dean campaign was um, getting started, and we were having the meetups in um, in Newark, it was um, um, a handful of us, uh, and we decided um, it was you know it was very exciting, sort of you know grassrootsy. Um, you know, let's put on a show uh, kind of sensibility. And one of the things was, well, we need, we need a blog. And I didn't want it to be like the Howard Dean, you know, Delaware for Dean blog. So um, I did consciously sort of like, you know, use Delaware liberal because, yeah, that was, that was you know, that name, that word was being um, buried. It was the, you know, the, almost the last nail was almost in the coffin. And it was, uh, I'm not saying that I, I, re <laughs> I rescued the term liberal, but... Uh, it was a, a conscious choice, and um, it's because you know the, Dem the, the Democrats who were um, sort of that came after Bill Clinton were so trapped into this idea that um, that the uh, the only way they the company can, could win is by serving capital. So now we had two two parties, Republicans and Democrats, both uh, on the side of capital, and you know I wanted a place where people wouldn't feel like they were being gaslighted. Like there's, there is, you know, a, a, a democratic party that even if it exists just in our, our memories, 
was on not on it was on the side of the little guy, and that reminds me of, around the same time I I told a kind of a um, uh, behind the scenes story of um, Bethany Hall Long. But can I tell you about why I love Matt Den around the same time this happened? Um, yeah, well, you know, here's what's funny. I I would definitely appreciate that. For for one, I'm I have this new sort of fascination with. There's a few. Um, there's a few Delaware political people who are no who are no longer sort of in the spotlight, but I think about them quite a bit. One is, and, and perhaps uh, Carl can can bleep this out because we're still sort of in negotiations. But I'll tell you who it is, and then we'll beep it out of the show. And uh, but you'll know. Um, I, I've been in uh, email contact with, and he's a very um, interesting, intriguing figure. Uh, and Matt Den is another one who's like not really in the scene, but like, what's this? What's that guy doing? Like, because and and it ju- it just so happens that I had a meeting with um, the attorney who's helping us uh, organize this media company we're doing. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Uh, but walking back to his office, uh, we we met um, we met Matt Den in the street. So of course, I recognize him. So I was like, "Hey, Matt Den," and so he thought we he thought he knew us. But we have beards. He's like, ah, oh, man, I don't recognize you because you're my because of your beard. I was like, you don't know me. I'm with the Highlands Bunker podcast. And he was like, ah, he didn't know what it was. But he ran. But like, but but I think uh, it just was just funny because it was just one of those things where he was like trying to place me like he knew me, but like he but he didn't. But I'm but I'm very intrigued with that guy. Um, yeah. So I I'm interested. I'm interested in this story, the oh, Mac cool. Den story. Uh, yeah. Um- so around the same time, and this is around the same time because I was just kind of like searching out, you know, how to get involved and that kind of thing. So I was at a, at, you know, some district level thing, and um, a couple of candidates were there. Paul Clark, I think, was running for Newcastle County um, Executive. I don't. I always get the exec, exec county executive and the president or whatever. Uh, those two things mixed up. But anyway, Paul Clark, uh, I think, it was it, it was in, and Matt Dan was running for insurance commissioner. So to sort of like kind of quickly winnow out, you know, the the losers from the good people, I had a um, a litmus test question, which was uh, for any candidates, really, no matter what they were running for, I would say, um, what's what do you think the democratic approach to this to this job is, whether it's county uh, commissioner or you know insurance uh, commissioner or whatever? And um, I think Clark was. Um, was the first one before he came around and I asked him that question. He gave me some, like, really terrible, oh, you know, it's about bipartisanship. You know, you have to reach out to everybody across the political spectrum. I don't think there's really a a democratic approach to this and um, to this kind of job. And, you know, I was just like, Jesus Christ, fuck this guy. He is terrible. And I don't, I hope I'm not disparaging the wrong person. I don't remember who it was, but whoever it was, it was uh, whoever it was, he sucked. <laughs> and um, it was just the most, you know, inane garbage that you could hear from uh, a politician. And not knowing me at all, not knowing where that question was coming from, whether it was a sabotage question or a, uh, you know, an earnest question, which it was, I asked the same thing to Matt Dan, and he said, and he said. I think there's definitely a democratic approach to this job, and I think it's an important one, which is Democrats look out for the little guys. He said insurance companies have a lot of money. They have a lot of lawyers. They have lobbyists. They have Insurance companies don't need people looking out for them. They don't need elected officials working out for them. The little guy does, and that's, and that's, what I, that's my approach to 
uh, to this job, and it's my approach to you know democratic politics. That's what Democrats should be about. And I, Rob, I got to tell you, I just fell in love. When I was just like a scroll girl, like hearts were coming out of my eyes. <laughs> All right. Well, well, let, let me let me try to. Uh... Let me try to ask you a question that may interrogate this uh, this crush that you have a little bit. So, again, I'm very intrigued by Matt Den. He's done some nice things, um, and he seems like he has that. He seems like he has the outlook that you're describing. However, that also sounds like something that Uncle Joe would say, and he would say something like, "Yeah, we're out for the little guy. See, you know, and do and do one of those moves." And so, like, I, I don't. I, appre- I I appreciate the sentiment. I think that's fair, and I think you're right. But I, I don't, think that uh, somebody look. Joe Biden came to my high school when I was a, a junior in high school, so we're talking about like 1982, and spoke. And I think the same Joe. I think he said the same thing at my high school in 1982 that you're saying now, and he says it on the on the campaign trail. You know, for anybody who's been kicked down or whatever, it's you know, it's his stick or whatever. But. Um, I could, so even you know, as a cynical person twenty years ago, my in my cynical thirties, when Matt then said it, um, it, it didn't it, it didn't read as just, it wasn't a stick and it was uh, and it was sincere and I think it's true and and um, I think that evidence of that is the way he ran the uh, insurance commissioner's office, you know, when he was elected, which was doing all those things he he said he was going to do. And making it a culture that was about that kind of thing. Um, but it's like how much can, you know, can one person in one office, in the insurance commission office, do? So uh, the part of that story that uh, made me feel like it wasn't a stick was that he told um, a, a quick thing about uh, when he was a little kid and he learned that from his dad. He, learned to come, he came home from school one day and somebody had been, uh, been given a hard time about something because, you know, some um, political thing. And his dad said, no, you know, we're Democrats. You know, I, I had been given a hard time. Uh, it was, I don't know what the, I, I forget the exact story. I'm not doing it justice. But it was that kind of sense that, you know, he, it was real because he'd, and, I, you, and you can say Joe Biden does the same thing. But it was real to me the way he told the story. Because that story was very similar to something that, that happened to me when I was a kid. And I like the way when you do these podcasts, you ask people sort of like, where they're from, what happened to them along their life that sort of turned them into a liberal. And um, I was listening to one, I think it was Marie Pinkney. And I was remembering the time that when I was a little kid and coming home from school and, you know, everybody was supposed to be sort of like, you know, uh, angry about Castro and Castro was this terrible person. Of course, this is come around, you know, full circle with the Bernie campaign, but everybody's talking about how terrible Castro is when I was in school. And I just sort of like repeated it at the dinner table. Like it was a sort of a known thing that Castro was this terrible person. And my dad said, well, wait a second, you know, it depends on your perspective because before Castro came it's in, four o'clock. oops, sorry about that. Yeah, um, no worries. Before Castro came in, people in Cuba you know, the, the the workers in Cuba, you know, none of them could read. Before Castro came in, they didn't have any uh, education or medical services or anything. So, you know, just be careful about what you accept into you into um, into your head as, as true, because sometimes people don't know what they're talking about. And I was like, it's it's crystal clear memory to me. And it was like, 
uh, when you're a little kid and your dad says something like, hey, you know, have a little critical thinking, you know, you didn't say it in those terms, but he's just, you know, give it some thought, you know, where's that come? Why is that person saying it? What are they, what are they getting out of it? And that kind of thing. And I got the same sense from Matt when I was talking to him that his sort of approach to democratic party, uh, to democratic politics was, um, it felt like we're in the same tribe and there's no way to sort of describe that other than it, it is a feeling you got to, you know, and, um, and for all his, his, you know, weaknesses as a candidate, I do hope Joe Biden, if he's, the, if he becomes the, the candidate can bring a lot more people into the democratic tribe under the, under the pretense that we're all, you know, under the, even if it's, um, kind of hokey to you, but under the, um, idea that, we are working class people are in this together and uh, the rich people already have a lot of people looking out for their best interests and we don't need one in the white house doing that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, here's what I'll, here's what I'll say. Well, first of all, in the den, I, I, I my take is similar to your take. Um, and my, and the reason is because, because he stepped down and he got out of public life for, you know, just personal reasons, whatever family reasons. Um, you know, it's obviously, you know, there's no scandal or anything. Nothing's come out about that. So it's just personal reasons. Um, you know, and, and he he was known as, you know, a little bit left of the ordinary. Now, of course, we have a, a <clears throat> we have an AG now who's actually panning out pretty nicely. I mean, as far as that, as far as that goes. Um, but he was sort of like that. Like he he might be a little bit of a hope to go a little further left. But then he sort of stepped away for personal reasons and. If you were sort of a bad faith actor, or you were, um, you were looking to be like a careerist, or you weren't looking like if you weren't, if you had an idea of public service and you weren't being able to do that right now, you'll step back and maybe do that later for whatever personal reason. And so, yeah, I I, I read a lot into that, and I guess what I'm saying is, Matt Den, come on the podcast. <laughs> we love you. Uh, I was the, I was the guy with the other bearded guy who accosted you uh, at the corner of uh, whatever it was like Thirteenth and Orange. Um, yeah, come on, I'd love to talk about it because I I do I get the same sense you do that that's it. So that's the den thing. The, 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 my 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 issue with Biden is that not that it's hokey or corny, like it 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 is in a sense, but like I'm I'm okay. I'm sort of okay with that. Like, I'm okay with, like, hey, we're all, you know, kind of the all shot. The problem with Biden is it's fake. That's the problem. The problem with Biden is that what he's really doing is not that, but sort of equivocating. You know, Biden's doing his whole life what Clinton did. Like you said, after Clinton was elected, everybody thought they had to do you know they had to serve capital i think that's what biden's done his whole life but but whether it be you know a segregationist whether it be the bankruptcy bill uh and and an mbna here uh it, whether it be you know the military industrial complex i mean this is what he's done so it's not that i think that it's hokey it's that i think that it's fake that's the difference. And so I guess, like, I had a friend of mine here who uh, had a very nice conversation with me about a week ago. Um, 
because he doesn't want me like he he says it's okay if I don't vote for Biden because it's, I'm in Delaware, so I can leave the line blank. But he doesn't want me talking about it because he thinks I somehow I have some kind of supernatural powers that are going to dissuade people from doing something they would otherwise do because Trump is a he's a lunatic. I mean, it's a disaster. Like you said it before, we were talking about the coronavirus and all the other things. I mean, he's an absolute reactionary, fascistic disaster. I c- completely understand that, and and I and I think that I that if you're in a swing state, if you if you, if you live in Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, uh, whatever, I think you should you should vote for Biden just on on decency grounds, because it's not a time for you to share. But I I. I, I can't I can't sit here and tell you that I'm going to because he's I, I don't I don't think he's good. I think I, you know what and you're sort of like pointing out the whole um, to to keep bringing back the Delaware liberal <laughs> the whole split you know after the um, the uh, Hillary Clinton debacle. There's Can I, you know what? Let me ask. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Let's get into that. I have to. I have to take a leak. I've been. It's. It's. We've. We've changed the time. So uh, give me. Give me two minutes because now I think we're going to get into like online uh, fun gossip shit, and I think this is a good time to. We will probably play two uh, D cat music during the interlude, and I will be back in two minutes. So uh, yeah. So. Where we left off was this um, – really, it was a huge moment even for me. So I'm interested in your sort of take on it, like the, the Trump election because, you know, I was I was in the comments of, of Delaware liberal long before the Trump election. But I, I do remember that the day afterwards, um, I sent somebody an email saying that I'm no longer going to do that. I'm going to write on it. I'm going to comment and do everything under my own name. And that's when I actually started doing that. And and so, um, yeah, what was your take of that time and sort of that schism? Well, uh, you know, everybody was in tra- everybody was traumatized. Um, there was no um, – everybody's feelings were, were pretty raw and sort of on the surface. And um, it, just, it so happens that I um, have – you know, kind of like an annual vacation with my extended family uh, every year between Christmas and New Year's, and um, I, it's a good opportunity for me to just not, you know, to disconnect. And all, and especially then because I was, you know, kind of kind of like a zombie. I was, uh, but when I came, but um, so when I came back, there was a, a thread uh, that. Um, Delaware Dem, Jason, uh, Jason Narath put up and it was, uh, you know, what's next for Delaware liberal. And it turned into this, like when I, when I first opened my computer, when I came back, it was about 200 comments or something. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, I'm not reading all that. <laughs> and, um, the, the people who, um, didn't like Hillary Clinton as a candidate, myself included, and, uh, we saw, you know, sort of all the things that ac- actually happened leading up to the Democratic convention, and um, you know the, the sort of undeniable truth of you know what uh, of how bad Clinton 
uh, mismanaged the campaign and, and ran that sort of like 50% plus one. If we just can convince, you know, a couple of like, you know, or they maybe thought it, they had it in the bag because Trump was just so unelectable, you know, on, on, on certain levels at any rate. May I interject this one thing? Because my other, my other take on this just was um, the biggest issue I think was the total um, sort of dismissal. The total sort of, and we're going to ignore the fact that Hillary Clinton has all of these problems. That, as you said before, she's a, she's an uh, instrument of capital. She, she's connected to a bunch of, you know, are a lot of them like sort of made up uh, or like Fox News driven? Yes. Are a lot of them not? Yes. Like, People don't. People have this idea in their mind that it, that all doesn't matter if you're like a smart, if you went to a fancy school and you have all of this experience and your resume is long. But there, but so they just ignored all of that other stuff that people were saying. Like, actually, that's important. And then it turned out to be actually kind of important because people didn't ignore it <laughs> and it went the other way. So I actually think that was that was my dynamic of it. Um, but at, but in, in any case, um, and the, and the dismissal of a large constituency of the Democratic Party, like, having won the nomination in in quotes, won in quotes, uh, then just sort of like not not doing any work to bring in um, people who might have a difference, you know, difference of opinion. I think the difference between Republicans and Democrats on, on that on that score is um, Democrats. Uh, don't care about the base, you know. They, uh, you think of like somebody like Chris, you know Chris Coons. They don't really not connected to sort of working class or cares much about you know actual voters. Cares more about what Joe Scarborough and you know the you know uh, Alfalfa Club members think. And in that campaign, Hillary Clinton, that was a a, a a hallmark of that campaign. And so when it was all over, when I came back and, and, the, and the blog was, you know, uh, the, the contributors to the blog, who I love all of them, and even though we all have differences of opinion, uh, a big uh, sort of theme was that part of Clinton's problem was that we, who didn't like her, weren't clapping hard enough for her throughout the campaign. It was like the Tinkerbell thing. You better clap louder or Tinkerbell's going to die. And I came back to the blog and said, "I don't, I don't see it that way. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you uh, really feel like I was part of the problem because I didn't like Hillary Clinton enough, um, I don't, I don't know how we move forward, you know. As and so, some of them uh, left, and it still comes up, you know. It, it, there's this sort of like." Um, Really dug in, dug into that idea that uh, liberals uh, are disloyal to the Democratic Party when push comes to shove because they don't because uh, they're big talk, you know, until the uh, general election. But I, but my sense is, what have we ever got? What where have we ever been um, gotten even a little not not red meat, not like Republican base gets, but even a little bit, you know, crumbs. That's what well, I'm again, and that's that's the thing you said. See, the Republicans don't worry about the moderates. <clears throat> they just figure the moderates will go with them or not. Probably they will because the the Democrats actually go for the moderates too. So everything's like so from a political sort of like marketing situation, everything's always going to the right. 
So as you said, we don't we don't get anything. But 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 again, I see this being played out again. So you know everything. It was you know again the the anti Bernie thing came you know carried over to two thousand uh, to to this year to uh, twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. Um, but like nobody was really like kicked in the ass about Biden. So it was like oh Kamala Harris, don't call her a cop, you know, or a Buttigieg, you know, this guy, or you know, I'm gonna Elizabeth Warren, you know, she's um, she's progressive, but she doesn't have like people like her. It's not the bad. Well. The fact of the matter is, they all got their ass kicked. Cory Booker got his ass kicked. All these people got their ass kicked. Elizabeth Warren couldn't barely get a fucking delegate. Um, so instead of dropping out and endorsing Bernie, as if if you were like if there's the two candidates, what she did was decide that she didn't really think Medicare for all was good. She wanted to put out this plan about how to pay for it, and also Bernie said a woman couldn't win, and that didn't help. And and people on the internet put snake emojis and called her a snake. So when the capitalist corporate Democrats decided to co- convalesce or convalesce around, a, you know, and 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 come around a particular candidate, she just abandoned everything and just gave up. And we're and and the, and, the, and it's the same argument that you were talking about when Clinton lost. We weren't nice enough to Warren. We didn't do enough outreach to the right people, and we didn't show fealty to the party. That's why this all happened, even though all of those people did not want Joe Biden even to run. Yeah. That Klobuchar, maybe we should go with liberal, liberals were saying, maybe we should try Klobuchar. Oh, Mike Bloomberg is going to spend $800 million to maybe get in and be a moderate. Like, and then Obama was like, no, just tell Clyburn to endorse Obama or to endorse uh, Biden, and then we'll just take care of that, and then we'll just make everybody endorse him, and that's it. But nobody really wanted that, and now we're going to be told that, like you were told before, you didn't, you didn't clap loud enough. Right. It's a, it's you know, uh, it's it's astounding. I mean, that we have a Democratic Party that um, is just so. Out of touch with wanting to win, you know, with wanting to, you know, be successful, and I think it's because there's a there's a you know a large um, uh, contingent of Democrats that win either way, you know they they their their checks are being deposit you know getting uh, deposited you know whether or not there's a Democratic Senate, or Democratic House, or a Democratic President, um, and they'll you know fundraise fundraise off the back of Oh, we better not lose another Supreme Court justice all day. But those in and the fundraising is the uh, is the ends. It's not. It's not the. That's the whole point. The point is to get another fundraising email out and, and collect some more money. So there's this sort of like professional class of Democrats that um, doesn't care about winning in a convention in you know electoral terms because they're they're getting getting paid either way oh yeah i mean i think i think that's that's true i mean they're they're just the opposite they're they're the the opposition in the story in the in le- like you said in the in the original part of this conversation the in in the story that's going on they'll still be the opposition so like near a tandem will still be a thing or you know chris it doesn't matter like chris coons is still a thing now 
whether it doesn't matter who's really in power, he's still a thing. But as but as soon but as soon as you as soon as you actually uh, go with sort of a grass grassroots leftist movement, they're no longer a thing. That's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, people definitely understand uh, what their interests are for sure. You think about um, Lisa Blunt Rochester. What is her her career track look like? Um, all she has to do, and I'm sure th- I'm sure that they've had these conversations. I mean, I'm not naive. All she has to do is sort of be democratic enough to sort of like not you know, draw the attention of you know people like you or me. And you know, unfortunately, she's drawn my attention a few times. <laughs> but be um, sort of friendly enough to uh, to the banks, uh, and then um, when Carper you know croaks and Father Time finally calls on Carper to step down. Uh, she just slots in there, and so it, that there's no incentive uh, for Democrats to sort of really come up with any kind of winning message because once they're, you know, in the club and they've gotten this, learned the secret handshake, there's no. It actually works against them to uh, go out and sort of raise, um, you know, raise the alarm or to sort of like uh, be in the forefront in any kind of leadership capacity. Like, where the hell is Lisa Blunt Rochester? Can I ask, is is the house quarantined? She's been nowhere. I mean I mean what what you're saying is exactly right. I mean that's that's the problem. People say you gotta do you gotta do party work and but then it's just a way to hide. Yeah. Yeah, well, what's she doing? I don't know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like and I and I and I it's I'm I'm actually just disappointed really. Because, you know, especially in the house right now. For the last two years, you know, there's been a real leftist insurgency in the U.S. House of Representatives, and everybody knows what, what I'm talking about. Um, and she has a per. I mean, if you really had it in you to be somebody who was going to be a historical figure, and you really wanted to serve the public and be part of the squad and be part of the team, I mean, what an opportunity to do it! But What's more important is to make sure that Carney slides through so when Carper gives up, Carney just shuffles her into the Senate, and then she's the first uh, uh, you know, female. Uh, she'll be our first woman senator, I, yeah, I guess, right? right? And, and to what end? It's like, you know, the, the thing that's admirable about, um, about Bethany Halong versus somebody like Lisa, you know, uh, how I perceive Lisa Brunt Rochester is, she, Halong is driven and a hardworking person who really uh, works at electoral politics. But as I've said this on the blog, to what end? If the, if the whole point of like her drive and her ambition is to sort of like get the next job, how does that help anybody? And it, it's, it's, it's absurd. And, and it's so um, sort of refreshing, uh, especially I think in this, in this cycle that there's so many uh, candidates that aren't that it's not ob- it's not obvious to me, and um, in fact the opposite's obvious to me that they're they're in it for the right reasons. They're not in it because they want the next sort of rung on the ladder, um, the next step closer to um, 
the U.S. Senate, really, which is the Valhalla of uh, politicians. You get, only have to run every six years. You're sort of untouchable. You get so much money from, you know, uh, campaign contributions. So, you know, God bless Jesse You get, to be, for, you for get to be extremely deliberative. Yeah, you're very deliberative. You get to sort of like very go on all the right TV shows and be on all the, you know, get to, invited to all the right cocktail parties. But, you know, thank God for uh, Jessica Rain um, and the people involved in that campaign saying, you know, we're not being, rep- Delaware is not being represented. You know, a, you know, a handful of companies in Delaware maybe, but Delawareans aren't. And so are we, we sort of like abandoned the principles of the American Revolution, which is disgusting. And, and something that's really nauseating to see happening in your lifetime to be like a witness to. So, you know, I'm glad that, uh, and you know, I got a stupid little blog that you know, some people, you know, a handful of people pay attention to. But thank God, there's people who have been motivated to go f- really much farther beyond that and actually put, um, you know, their their lives on on, on in play and say, oh, "We're going to go for this. We're going to do it." And you know, this in this coronavirus is it must be horrible for that campaign because. Um, it's all about, as you know, with you know, the Harris campaign, getting out and knocking on doors and, you know, one door knock is worth like uh, uh, political scientists have done this, you know, these measurements, but like one door converse, front door conversations worth, what, 25, 100, you know, phone calls, something like that. And they're just, you know, it's going to be well, tough. Well, uh, I mean, you're at, first of all, I think you're absolutely right uh, on the sort of the idea that there are so many people sort of stepping up and you can tell because they're challenging at every level so uh jess gray is going to say you know i'm going to challenge for u.s senate because i think that's what i should do that's the most important thing but then you have people like larry lambert's challenging again uh you know eric eric morrison's challenging and speaking of knocking on doors i had a conversation with uh with uh, medina's uh campaign manager about knocking doors and how uh it's so important and there's they feel so constrained by not going out and 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 meeting everyone he's actually sitting right here it is driving me insane (laughs) (laughs) it must be terrible dude it's got to be awful it's it is really bad but we there's a little plug here we knocked over six thousand doors before the lockdown began so could be worse but yeah, all, all those folks are really proving that it's not about going to work for the company. It's about saying, this is an office where I think I can make an impact. I think I can I can tell a story uh, that's genuine and authentic, that I'm going to represent this constituency and not represent, as you say, just the just small pockets of interests. You know, it's like I represent these three interests because these three interests are the priority because that's what keeps our balance sheet. You know, it's like it's that's not really, you know, as you say, we're 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 living in a, a global health crisis. Uh, there's we gotta we gotta have uh, a little more imaginative thinking. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So here we go. Talked about the blog. We talked about the schism. So let's talk about. It. I'm 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 just having fun, guys. I'm just out there partying, doing doing posts. You know. I mean, I know, look, I know Al Massetti is a smart guy. I know that. I know he's telling me facts, fact after fact after fact. He just, I mean, he's on the Daily Coast. He's on the Nation magazine. Guys, I mean, he's a journalist, let's be honest. 
And I know, I know Steve Tanzer has worked in the, in the legislative hall. He knows people. Jason Scott is a nice guy. He would never, like, he would never insult anyone. He would always be very cordial. And I do bad posts. So I've been, I've been sent off. I've been sent off straight red. Actually, I've been actually booked probably five times. Somehow I didn't get a straight red until I've been booked five times. Uh, but now I'm off. Now I'm off. So I, so I, I want you to explain. I want you to explain to me who I've hurt, how I've hurt them, and if they're doing okay now. Um. Well, here's the thing. I think that uh, the blog depends on this sort of uh, willing suspension of disbelief to. Um, that it is a, um, a political, you know, um, vital, a, a vital voice in the, in the wilderness. Delaware liberal is, 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 depends on sort of goodwill of, you know, a bunch of people who think that, uh, you know, there should be a liberal voice in the democratic party and that, um, it's okay for that voice to be, uh, angry, uh, and, um, uh, and furious sometimes uh, with what's going on, but it still has to be um, part of the Democratic Party in a way that um, we have to sort of accept <laughs> that there's people who have dif- disagree. I started bu- banning um, Republicans outright and for no for no cause other than being Republicans after Trump was elected. For a long time in the history of the blog, there was this sort of like. Um, idea that, you know, you had to let people sort of say things. But after Trump was like, that was, fuck that. You know, fuck these guys. They they can go off there on their own blog. This is for us to figure out how we're going to, you know, win some elections. Or for us to talk about, you know, why the shitty Democrats need to be better. It's not for Republicans to come in here and talk about their, their dumbass shit. So I started, that's that sort of changed the, um, the uh, calculus in terms of, of banning people. And then, you know, and then you come along from, from the far, uh, from the far left and, um, start sort of trying to tear down the, um, the willing suspension of disbelief. Like, Hey, we're, we're not on, we're not in a, a drawing room, you know, living room. This is just a, a painted, you know, high school production set, you know, kicking over the shit and turning over the tables and stuff. And, um, that's fine, but, uh, <laughs> we depend <laughs> We depend on um, sort of people buying into the artifice a little bit. So, and you know, I get that you don't, you can't tolerate artifice, um, but there's some artifice to it. And so, um, I can't speak to you know the other contributors. You know what what line you cross that um, that they finally said. You know that's it. You know it's it's him or it's me. Um, and, uh, but I can tell you that, uh, from my perspective, uh, there was times when, you know, in the, in the course of you sort of fighting with those guys, you sort of say, eh, this is a bunch of bullshit anyway. You know, if you're really doing something, you'd, you'd be out on the, you know, out on the street yourself. And that's right. true. It's right. true. And it's, I know. Uh, it's hard. Sometimes the truth hurts. I know it hurts. Look. I didn't. I didn't want this podcast to be good either, and I know it, it makes a lot of people angry. And I, I, look, I'm. I really, from the bottom of my heart, I apologize sincerely. Oh, uh, are, are you apologizing to me or to um, 
to the other I mean, it's not really an apology, so it doesn't <laughs> <really> matter. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you where I'm directing my fake apology. Okay. <laughs> But, no, um, I, like I, I guess I. Like, well, you were going to say maybe you. I, I'm interested because before I, before I uh, respond, um, I think you were going to say that uh, you can't speak for everybody else, but maybe you were personally offended by something. So I want to hear what it is. Oh uh, no, I mean not not personally offended, but I, I do feel like um, you got to the, you know it got to the point where um, it was um, it wasn't adding anything. I do I you know I still want to you know post these your podcasts and stuff and um i would love for you to be able to com- comment but it um it seems to me that you can't so <laughs> yeah so here's my my i guess my first uh response would be like yeah i, I think if 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 the idea is that i'm like breaking the fourth wall or whatever it is and acting i think that's what it is if, if the idea is that like i'm doing that and that 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 facade needs to be there for me because that, that was my thing. The other, I mean, it makes sense. That, that, that I mean, that makes sense like to me. Person. What's that? <laughs> I missed that. I'm sorry. I said that you hate me as a person. The artifice thing was about my reaction to it. The other people who don't like you is just because they don't like you as a person. Oh, oh, I know that. But I mean, I, but I did that on purpose. So I mean, I, I only have myself to blame. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, but but again, the reason the reason I did that is exactly what you said. But I th- but I think that there is it is productive, and here's why. That artifice, that uh, mechanism or dynamic or those set of rules that people think are supposed to govern these spaces whether they be blogs or anything on the internet or media or whatever discourse the discourse quote unquote they themselves need to be critiqued they themselves need to be ridiculed because otherwise you're falling into the you're falling into the trap that we talked about at the beginning of this conversation if if you think that sort of just appeasing the, I mean, and there is, and, and again, there is a there there are people who go there, look at the stuff you guys do, comment on it, get get informed by it, like that happens. <clears throat> but to sort of cater to the feelings of like five or seven people because they don't understand the critique that I'm making is strange to me like because they it just makes them uncomfortable like they don't like it and i know that they hate me for it that's how i know that i'm doing it right because i'm like they're operating in a structure that they're venerating and blocking people to to keep that i think is holding us back because it's not like i'm just insulting people it's not like I'm just using bad words or memes or doo-doo. I'm shitting my doo-doo pants or making bad posts. You know, I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm really getting under people's skin and I'm killing them with the truth. Let me ask you this. And, uh, and, let me ask you a question about your, your approach. And um, uh, I'll just tell you when, after, you know, Clinton lost, I changed my registration from Democrat to Green because I was just so 
freaking annoyed. Just couldn't. I it, it just wanted to tear my skin off. The feeling like I was part of the Democratic Party at that point. And let me guess. And then the Greens annoyed you more than the Democrats because they're, they're horrible. <laughs> they're hor- they're also very horrible. But now, but but I, I I absolutely understand the sentiment. So there there's, I mean, I think everybody has. Um, if we're all on this sort of like normal distribution curve, everybody's somewhere where they look, you know, to their left and go, "Oh boy, I can't," you know, I that's that's too far for me. Um, I, you know, the the normal sort of distribution is skewed towards the right now because we have this corporate media that sort of pretends the 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 right is the center and the far right is the right. I mean, you and I know this. Because uh, we pay attention, but some people don't. And um, when you're that person who's like the Green Party, you know, the Green Party person in the world who says there's no difference between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, that's just not true on its face. It's just nonsense on its face. There's a difference between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. You can dislike Hillary Clinton I mean, for is, a whole are, bunch are, of reasons, no, but just, you can't. Let me just interject. Are you are you are you saying that somehow that Somehow my critique of the system or the rules or the democratic rules or my radicalism, quote unquote, are you saying that uh, that that transmits to that there's the same thing that Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are the same thing? No, no, I'm I'm I was using it as a uh, as an example. It's probably not a very good parallel example, but no, I'm just make, I just want to understand, like, because I don't for I'm just saying, like, I don't think I I think the fact that I can. Uh, explain why I wouldn't vote for Joe Biden in Delaware strategically, but why I think somebody who lives 20 minutes from here in Pennsylvania should. I think I can. I think I can make that that argument, and it'd be very clear. So people should understand that, like, you can do both things. Like I, I don't, I don't. Like it's not about people. Like so people think if you critique someone, their feelings are automatically hurt, and it's always negative. And you have to say positive things about the negative things about the person who's good. Otherwise, idiots who don't know any better will think that person's bad. It's like, it's like we're doing a show. We're doing a show for the people who don't understand what we're doing. Right. You see what I mean? Yeah. yeah it's like I don't get- say like this person did something really bad, but sort of don't mention it because those other people are gonna if you don't if you don't mention it they'll ignore it. Yeah. But they don't. But they never ignore it though. That's the problem. Like Trump doesn't ignore it. Do you think Trump's not going to ignore Hunter Biden because we think it's in bad taste? Oh, uh, you know, it's going to be bad bad news for Biden. I mean, Biden's going to be the second most hated man in America by the time the election comes, if he gets the nomination, because Trump may be just slightly ahead of him in terms of being the most hated. But the whole right wing thing is, you know, to make it impossible for people like you to even in Delaware to try to to um or pe- not people like you but people who are sort of like on the fence to vote for Biden but you know it's um yeah you you can you shouldn't change to to become you know a, a commenter on on Delaware and, and you shouldn't and I'm never gonna do good posts I refuse to. <laughs> that's good I, I'm glad as long as I have that promise that's good. Um, but I guess I, I like, and, and again, that's I guess that's what I'm saying is that um, 
this critique, people have to start understanding. You know what? I, I, I don't. I, I want to give Carl a, a chance to jump in here because I feel like he has something to say. So I'm not going to go any further on this. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Did you want to read my, me to read my grievances? Yeah. So, so do what? Well, do you, do you, do you want me to explain what it is first, and then? No, I think it makes more sense from my angle if I I explain the tweet that I saw when I logged onto Twitter this afternoon. Oh, so you do that first, and then I tell the story. Yes. Okay. So this now you can you can understand my my okay. presence. Uh, probably. No, you're you're probably good. not. Believe no, me. No, no. Um, because I I logged onto Twitter this afternoon. And, like, the second or third tweet I see on my timeline is Rob from the Highlands Bunker account tweeting, I fucked this guy's mom twice over with a quote tweet of some random guy. Um, see, when you and look so at this I stuff out of like, context. It's... But that it's what Twitter is. It's, there's no context in Twitter. There's never any context on That's, Twitter. That grievance is legit, Rob. Think of your brand, dude. So and so I, dude, I can't believe you just you suck, dude. Listen to what he says. He so, so he DMs me. So after hit, hit, I see so this, this tweet, the DM. I DM him, thinking you should maybe start shifting your brand away from telling twenty somethings you fucked their mom. <laughs> because, because as like, I I scroll back a little bit, I realize this random guy who he's arguing with on Twitter is not like a Delaware Politico or anything. It's just like some. Was it like a Twitter tanky of some sort? It was a tanky, of course. So, yeah, Twitter, like, hardcore leftist. So, like, as you were saying, like, everybody's looking to the left being like, oh, my God, who's that guy? Um, that sort of Rob's version of that, I guess. Um, yeah, so I fight. So just a quick background. I love to Carl finish the story. There's, like, online uh, cosplay, like, dudes who send, like, uh, Mao memes. Uh, and look, I love a, I love a good, like, execute landlords meme. But I mean, if your whole political sort of uh, structure is based on that, it's pro- we're probably not going to go anywhere. Is guess what I'm saying? But anyway, these we call them tankies online, uh, and anyway, these are these people are the are the bane of my existence, and I just love tearing into them because they're usually 22 years old, uh, and they love Stalin. Yeah, I forget where the name. It's either from the invasion of Hungary or the Tiananmen Square protests. I feel like it's the invasion of Hungary. Yeah, so that's positive. that's where the name tanky comes from because they because of the tanks. Um, but yeah, so that was what I just saw out of nowhere. And then I, I click into the quote tweet and there's like a 30 tweet thread of, that's not, it's not producing any sort of uh, resolution. It's just uh, neither one. It wasn't meant to produce a resolution. Up. Yeah, there was there was no purpose to it. It was just having some fun, uh, and they were both clearly enjoying it despite being very <laughs> mad at each other. I was just blowing off steam. Yeah, so it. I, my suggestion was that like, and this is how I try to use Twitter personally is maybe don't do that. That's my grievance. You know, what? listen it's, to Carl. It's, it's a f- listen to Carl, Rob. He's got your best interests at heart. He does. I know that he does. This is the reason I brought this up. Is because I know that he does, and I know everybody does. Um, but like, sometimes I you just have to log off. I know, but like I kept saying, and people kept liking it, and I think that's what kept getting me going. It's like because social media is like addictive, so I'm like I'm like teasing this guy and like getting more out of him. Because then he said like you should read some marks, which is like that that just inspires me, and my heart just flutters. Um, but I kept saying, you strike me as a person who doesn't understand that the people you see in movies aren't real. 
<laughs> and then he would say something. I'm like, you know that they're the actors are real, but they're doing a story that is not really happening. You know that, right? But then he would just go off again. I'm like, this is incredible. So I just kept, you know, I just kept it going. But then somehow, um, like I knew he, I said I was older. And I could, I mean, all these guys are under the age of 25, I think. Oh, yeah. No, they're they're all my age. Yeah. So, like, so I said, uh, I'm old enough to be your father. Actually, technically, I might be your father, my son. And then he just says something else. And I went, you realize that joke was about me fucking your mom, right? I mean, did you not get that? Because the original, again, this is very, this is going to get very esoteric. But the, the whole thread started about me defending a joke. We'll link the thread in the show notes. Uh, you know what? Oh, we have to link the thread. I mean, if you want to delete it, then I will... Uh... I'm not deleting it. Okay, then we'll link it. Fuck it, do it. So I kept saying, like, you you strike me as a guy who doesn't understand the joke. And he was like, oh, I, I just don't think it's funny. Like, you don't get it. And so I just kept this guy going. But yeah, but it, it turned into this... He said his mom would never sleep with anyone who had less than 10 patrons. So I, I clipped it to my thing and said 23 patrons. And I said, so I fucked your mom twice over. <laughs> and this is So again, after, after it wasn't that. that was this the, is what I saw. That's the end of what he saw. But, but the whole context, he missed the context of Because it. that's what Twitter is. Twitter is when you put two screenshots of out of context tweets next to each other. But in context, it's funny. Hmm. My brand. And then it's just fucking Jason's like, but what about your brand? You, now you got this is the this is the intervention yep. you're like see everybody's I feel like you guys were, did you guys meet before this we're very concerned about your brand <laughs> what were you guys talking about when I went out to take a leak you fuckers yeah. no we didn't talk about that but it was still yeah so I so I guess I'm I'm still cancelled folks I'm sorry um you can Rob you can continue enjoying it yeah and, I mean you um, can you can get uh, you can get some commentary from uh, Rufus Nutdog, uh, Hockey Puck, the, anon- the eighteen anonymouses, uh, yeah, all the I mean all the all, you can get all the greatest hits. <laughs> <laughs> fucking fucking Cohen Brothers fucking characters. That guy he, that guy's like the guy on the internet. He doesn't know that the people in the film aren't real. Yeah, so you can get you go over there. You're gonna get the you're gonna get real critiques of the media over there. All right. Thanks for having me. That's, that's I, like, I, I appreciate that, it. That felt like, a, like a, Just, you're ra- kind of wrapping it up. Uh, I mean, we're an hour and 15 in, so I think it's. Well, how, okay. how, how long are they usually, Carl? How long do these go? Was it usually about this long. Okay. And then we cut out 10, 20 minutes of it. Yeah. All right. Well, I very much appreciate it. I also appreciate you always uh, you know, posting our stuff and commenting on it. Um, we are actually branching out into other endeavors, which you'll hear about, you know, soon enough. Um, I love yeah, the, uh, I love the me- media collective idea that your, uh, your workers, uh, workers owning me- means of production. So I'm uh, down with that. Yeah. We're actually, um, tomorrow we have a, we have a, uh, a meeting about sort of, uh, how we're going to organize, um, how we're going to organize our stuff. Because yeah, we have a we have a really good strategic plan laid out and a staff. We're gonna we're we're gonna use a a, a nonprofit sort of um, setup, um, but we're gonna run it we're gonna run it democratically within like a, a nonprofit setup and freelancers. 
Um, so it should be pretty dope. Cool. I'm excited. Looking forward to it. Some... Looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Full fingers crossed. Cool, man. I appreciate it. All right. Talk to you later. Yep. Speak to you. Yep. Speak to you soon. Bye.